it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by Coleman Tax, helping you see the beauty in your numbers. Coleman Tax is a boutique tax firm that exclusively serves beautypreneurs. We help you save money by using tax planning and by getting your beauty business finances organized for you to make the best decisions for your business. Book your free tax strategy call at thebeautycpa.com. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. I'm super excited to share today's episode. Have some awesome content in store for you today. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor, Coleman Tax. Definitely make sure that you check out Coleman Tax for all your bookkeeping and tax services at the Beauty CPA. So I just wanted to thank our sponsor. Also, if you have not done so already, make sure that wherever you're listening to the podcast that you are subscribed, subscribe, subscribe, and definitely share. So if you know someone that you feel that would benefit from this podcast, also share it. Make sure you're also following the Business Beauty Network podcast on YouTube. We are now on YouTube, so make sure you follow our podcast there. We will feature some interviews on YouTube as we expand there, but definitely connect with us there. And also follow me at I am Brandy Taylor on Instagram. Let me know how you're enjoying the episodes by simply screenshotting whatever episode you're listening to and share it in the stories and tag me there. Tag Business Beauty Network. Definitely want to connect with you and hear what you're loving about the podcast. Also, reviews help us so on Apple Podcasts. Leave reviews there. But now that all of that's out of the way, I have an awesome, awesome interview in store for you today. I had a great interview with Desiree Verdejo. She is the founder of HyperSkin, and we had a great conversation just learning how she started her journey to creating this brand. She was previously an attorney, turned into a boutique owner, and now a skincare line owner, and we had a great conversation. I think she has a phenomenal story to share with us today. Here is a little bit of her bio. Desiree Verdejo dealt with hormonal acne since she was a teenager, and for her, that's always been followed by stubborn hyperpigmentation. After leaving her career as an attorney behind to open a beauty boutique, she was faced with customers on a daily basis who were prone to dark spots and looking for an effective solution to even their skin tone. Unimpressed by the solutions on the market and shook by the void of products catering to skin of color, she launched HyperSkin. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. 
Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Desiree Verdejo. Welcome, Desiree. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. So I'm super, super excited. So before we get into hyper skin and all the awesome things you're doing with your business, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh my gosh. Um, that is a tough question. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know about me, um, my name is Desiree Verdejo. My middle name is J, not J-A-Y, just the letter J. Um, and that is because my parents couldn't decide um, between two names when I was a baby. And so they just named me the letter J. Um, pretty random, but... <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Usually that's just an initial, but yours is really, that's they, your name. They decided that they would just go with the letter J. I, you know, <laughs> well, you know, we just never know. Like, um, I have two middle names and it's, it's too long. So it's hyphenated. So people are like, where you been? No, that's my middle name. I was, you know, that's not like my married name. I, no, that's my middle name. That's the middle name. <laughs> so your parents were committed to your middle name. My parents were very carefree about it. <laughs> right. So I feel like I have too many names and you don't you know, just have the letters. So exactly. <laughs> Right. So that's fun, fun. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that. That's interesting. I can say you're the first person that I've met that that was the case. So <laughs> there you go. Definitely a fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> so um, so your company is Hyperskin. Like, how did you get your start in the beauty industry? Is Did you always want to be in this industry? Is this something you always wanted to do? You know what? I have always been interested in beauty. I can't say that I always saw myself in the beauty industry, though. I actually took a very um, corporate path, um, studied business, went to law school, practiced law. And um, around the time that I transitioned to beauty, I um, was really like motivated by some of the Black-owned beauty businesses that I saw popping up. And at that time, they were mostly in the hair the hair space, like Miel Organics and um, brands like that. And um, I was motivated to open a beauty boutique. So in 2015, I opened a beauty boutique in New York City, in Harlem, to be exact. And it was like an indie beauty boutique curated with people of color in mind. And so, you know, gorgeous hair products for all textures, um, cosmetics for all skin tones, and then um, hair and then skincare products. And at the time, because it was 2015, the skincare products were very like, what are we calling them these days? Because, you know, we're not using clean, we're not using natural, but more of the, in the green beauty landscape, or at least that's what we were calling it in 2015. So um, that was my first leap into um, beauty. And I'd say into the indie beauty world. And that just made me like really aware of what was in the market um, at that time. Awesome. So how do you go from like corporate study law, practice law to beauty? Like I, I got to hear this. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I actually, as I was, I guess, drafting the, the business plan for my then boutique, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I was just in my head saying, I wish that someone would create a beauty boutique. Um, at the time, I think there were these like beautiful brands popping up, especially for people of color, for black, black women specifically. And I didn't feel like there was a retailer that was really um, curating them in, in an appropriate way. 
Um, so I felt like at the time I was running around um, to the beauty supply store for one thing to target for another. And um, the retailers weren't, didn't have the multicultural offerings that I think even now, six years later, I'm starting to see on the shelves of, of major beauty retailers. And so it started out as a list of like, these are some brands that I just think are really beautiful and I wish they were more accessible. Um, and then I started spending my weekends like looking for beautiful boutique spaces. And before I know it, I was like drafting a business plan. And because I'm type A business person, I literally was drafting a business plan. Um, so decided like, this is clearly my passion. This is what I spend my free time doing. And I want to take the leap and invest in creating this, this beauty boutique. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Because you, you know, you had a successful career, but it was something about this beauty industry, the boutique and all of these things that you were learning that made you decide to open your own boutique. So what, like, take us through like what that was like. So you drafted the uh, business plan and you opened this boutique. So take us through that. Yeah. I mean, I think the hardest part for the boutique was um, getting the brands on board because, and now I understand this from the brand side, um, when you have a beautiful brand, you don't want to just have anyone controlling it, anyone selling it. So I think my hardest um, step in that process was getting brands to um, allow me to carry them in the store. Um, and so, you know, once I found the space and had a number, a few brands that were signed on, then the other ones came along too. And once I um, was able to show them, this is the way the boutique will look. Um, these are the other brands on board that made that process process easier. But yeah, I think I was really like, I wanted the boutique. I was really excited about that part, but I just was really motivated by all of these businesses that um, were woman owned, black owned, person of color owned, like at that time. And now of course today we're still seeing if, you know, it's blossoming even more, but at that time that was pretty new for me. I have always um, had acne prone skin. So I've always been someone that's bought um, beauty products. And then I've always, you know, skincare products, hair products. And it wasn't until that era that I noticed like so many women owned black owned person of color owned businesses. And that was really energizing for me. So I would say that that like being a part of that, um, was, was, was really like the key motivating factor at the time. Okay. So you, you have this boutique, you, you're getting brands in, Mm -hmm. And you're working with these different skincare brands. How did you decide you wanted to create your own line? Like, how did that come about? Because you could have just, you know, kept the boutique. You could have just kept, you know, selling other brands and have a successful business. But you decided to create your own line. Yeah. So, you know, when they say aha moment, it truly was like an, an, an aha or more of a like, what the hell kind of moment because I um, love the brands that I had on my shelves. Um, a lot of the skincare brands were, I would say more in the green beauty space. And so what I mean by that is not a lot of actives, um, steering clear of certain ingredients, more you know, cleansing balms and oils and, and et cetera, more plant-based ingredients. And um, there were a few black-owned skincare brands, but what I was experiencing was that customers were coming into our space and they were having certain skincare issues. Hyperpigmentation was a big one, of course. Um, razor bumps, just issues that um, are really common um, for people with black skin, brown skin, textured hair, et cetera. And 
we didn't have, not only did I not have the solutions on my shelves, I couldn't really think of like, well, this is a brilliant brand that, you know, directly speaks to hyperpigmentation for brown skin. I just couldn't pinpoint brands because if I could pinpoint them, I would have had them on my shelves. And I realized um, so many customers were having those issues. And then I myself have always had acne from skin, which is what's caused my obsession with, with skincare. I've always had like cystic acne, very, um, <laughs> I've always had acne. And then that's always been followed by dark marks. And at the time I um, was a new mom. So my acne is up and down. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. And at that time it was just like, just very eruptive. And so between the customers and my own experience, I was just really motivated to find the solution and started doing research, <laughs> reaching out to people, not creating a business, just kind of getting a little bit of information. And before I knew it, I was um, working with the lab to formulate um, skincare products for hyperpigmentation. So yeah, that's how it all started. Awesome. Now, how long was the process when you started doing the research, working with the lab, oh. you're developing things? Like, was that a really long process? Yeah, it was. And I, I want to add that because I think I, even for the store, I mentioned, oh, and then I did this and I did that. That was a probably a two-year process. And part of that for me with leaving law was um, just scared, being scared, saving and some more practical things. Um, and, but the same is true for um, starting Hyper. I, you know, had this boutique, had a really great community um, supporting it and really brilliant brands that I was working with. So um, it took, a, I would say about, there were two years between when I had an aha moment and when I launched the brand. Um, and a year of that was just spent in the lab formulating and getting to a point where we were really comfortable, really like excited about the results that we were getting from, from our products. So yeah, definitely, I would say a two-year process. How did you realize you were on the right track? Because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur too. And sometimes we're doing things or we're trying different things and, you know, you don't know all the time. So what did you realize? Like, this is it. So I realized that before we launched, I um, was working in a um, woman-owned co-working space and I had my samples and, you know, there were some really savvy people in the beauty space or, you know, connected spaces that I knew, you know, had really wonderful products in their medicine cabinets and their skincare cabinets. Um, and I, you know, gave out my samples and this like a really wide range, mostly women for the first, um, for the first series of testing. And A, I literally were, we measured the results, you know, photos before, photos after. This is in my own personal testing, not her lab testing. Um, and A, the results were obvious, but also, um, Everyone that tested the products, they were like, when, where can I get this? When can I get this? I need more. And I realized, I think we have something really special here with the, with our first formulas. Um, and then when we launched, of course, we, we, we launched small, but, you know, launched to strangers and we were getting that same feedback, you know, people were sending us DMs with, you know, their before and afters and leaving reviews. And like, you know, it's one thing when your friend tells you something really works for them. It's another thing when someone in Los Angeles or Atlanta leaves a review and tells you like, what is in this? Um, this is amazing. So I think it was those first getting it into the first few hands was, was when it, when I really felt like, okay, this, this product does exactly what I, what I <laughs> set out for it to do. 
a little bit about your products. How do they work? And, you know, what are some mm-hmm. of the uh, key benefits of your products that you offer? Sure. Yeah. So HyperSkin um, is a brand that's hyper-targeted to treating the most pressing skincare concerns of, of skin of color. And um, the most pressing one is hyperpigmentation. And so we started there. We um, launched our first products, which is a serum um, that it really, it does many things. It smooths textures. It really enhances the glow and radiance of skin, but it also has a number of key ingredients that focus on tackling dark spots and preventing future dark spots. And there are a number of other anti-inflammatory ingredients in the product so that you prevent future breakouts that are likely to cause additional dark spots. And so, so yeah, we, we call it our dark spots, hyper even dark spot serum. And um, it really is about tackling hyperpigmentation um, amongst other things. And is that the key product that you carry with HyperScan? It is. It's our first product. Um, next year is going to be very exciting. But yes, it's our first product. It's our hero product. And until until the top of next year, it's our only product. So, But um, we've built an amazing audience um, just surrounding that product. We have, I want to say we're up to a thousand reviews on that product. Um, like press everywhere. Like it really has gotten into the hands of so many people and we've gotten so much feedback on, on how effective it is. And so really now the, the bar is really high for, for whatever else we, whatever else we put out, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> so what do you think is, are the biggest misconceptions about hyperpigmentation? Um, I, you know, I don't know that there are misconceptions so much as I don't think the market really um, pinpointed it as an issue to focus on, I think, because skin of color, it's hyperpigmentation is, is common in skin of color. It's the way our inflamed skin reacts. Um, it's, you know, and so I think that the market has focused on, on the areas that cause hyperpigmentation, acne, eczema, but because it's a unique reaction of, of brown skin, I don't think the market has focused on the reaction. And I think for many of us, for me personally, when I get a pimple, I know that's going to last for three, four days, but I'm upset about the hyperpigmentation that's going to follow. And I don't think that the market really understood that pain point. Um, I'm upset about the scar that's going to be on my face for like three weeks, if, if you know, um, even with great products. And so I think that the market didn't focus on that pain point. And even when I was... Um, shopping for brands for my boutique, I would see like calming products for acne, for example. And acne is not the only thing that causes hyperpigmentation. That's my own personal skincare experience. Um, Many things do, but I'd see calming products, anti-redness products. My skin does not get red after a breakout, you know? And so I think what it is, is that we just haven't been censored um, in skincare experience. And so the fact that this is the bigger pain point for us just has never been censored. Um, but I think, you know, many skin types and skin tones experience hyperpigmentation. The market knows what it is. You know, when I went to Kenneth to say, this is what I want to treat. It wasn't the case that no one appreci- knew the, sim- the problem. It was that this was never sim- centered because brown skin has never been censored in the beauty conversation. Or at least that, that has been my personal experience and my experience as, as an entrepreneur as I look at the landscape. Introducing the Beauty Business Explosion, 
the virtual conference for beauty professionals taking place on December the 5th, 2021 from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Virtually, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite. This is powerful strategies to explode your beauty business in 2022. Beauty pros, are you ready to make 2022 your best year? Learn strategies on how to structure your beauty business, level up your income, and effectively market your brand. We're going to cover that and so much more with three industry coaches. Myself, Brandi Taylor, the beauty business coach, and Mickey Wright. She is the salon pricing strategist, along with Kanisha Coleman, the beauty CPA. You don't want to miss this phenomenal event. You can get your tickets at beautybizexplosion.eventbrite.com. That's beautybizexplosion.eventbrite.com. Take advantage of the Black Friday week special pricing all this week from Monday until Friday. Take advantage. The tickets are starting off at $27. You can get your tickets again at beautybizexplosion.eventbrite.com. We hope to see you there. Now, what's your overall mission with the, with your brand? Um, I, I have a few. Um, I we have this term called hyper real. Um, and as a brand, as a as a person that has dealt with, you know, skin at various stages, um, acting from skin at various stages, I really wanted to celebrate realness, real skin, which can be clear and glowy, can have texture, pores, breakouts, eczema, dryness. Um, I um recall always being fed ads solving a skincare issue but where the models were just flawless like you know and then we went through the era of k-beauty where we were talking about glass skin and everything has always like um highlighted this ideal of perfection and so with hyper i want to celebrate realness real skin your best skin you know a very real um just realistic um goals um certainly want to center diversity um, and celebrate that in our storytelling and the research that we do as it relates to creating products and, um, you know, just in, in all ways, you know, from the lab to our marketing, really centering and celebrating diversity. So realness and diversity are really like where we, where we focus as a brand, because unfortunately I just hadn't experienced that um, being centered and celebrated enough as a consumer. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely, you know, needed for sure. For sure. Now, I know you started out with your hero product and it's doing well. Like, do you have, what are your plans for launching other products? Do you have anything in the works right now? Yeah. So um, I don't want to say a date, but um, next year, the top of next year is going to be really exciting. We're certainly launching newness. We, um, when I, when I created this serum, I created it alongside other products, but um, because there's, you know, there was so much learning happening while creating the serum, we did some reformulating and revisiting of the other formulas to make sure that they really kind of sat well with the serum and, you know, rendered the same or complementary results. And so we had some reworking to do um, as a young brand and as a brand during, during this pandemic. And so, um, it took a little longer, but I'm super excited um, about what we're putting out. And I know I'm, I'm like just really proud. I know that our customers are going to get exactly what they expect from Hyper with our, our next launches. And so, oh yeah, 2022 is going to be the year of newness. 
So are you planning to expand to a full line? Um, we have, we have multiple launches, um, and we plan to continue to speak to hyperpigmentation, but we realize that that is not the only skincare concern, um, that's pressing and that's under addressed in the market. So. Now I suffer from hypo, you know, oh, like, interesting. So get, yeah. So I get lightness around my mouth area. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Wow. That is if interesting. Dark, I have the light. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Our skin is fascinating. <laughs> yes yes but I I think it's absolutely great that you you know you're targeting that and your your clients are getting results and I feel that starting with one thing is is a great thing to do a lot of times people want when they start brands they want to say I want the full line I want everything and they want to throw everything out there but it's really hard to test the market to see what's working when you have 50 things out there yeah I, I mean, I think that's a big, and I have conversations with other founders of like, what, how much do I need to start? And I think the answer is you need as many products as is necessary to tell your story and to prove like, you know, your perspective. And so I think we were able to do that with one product. Um, another brand might need the full routine. And I think that's reasonable too. But um, I think we were able to prove like, we understand this market and this problem with one product. But because we understand it and I understand how our customer uses skincare and what, what she and he want from us, like we, we need to, to give them some more because our customer is super vocal. So we literally get DMs and emails asking for, <laughs> what can I use with this? What moisturizer should I use? What face wash? What other treatment products? And so it's very clear what they want from us next. And so that's very helpful too. Um, and I think also another benefit of starting small is that, um, our next launches are speaking directly to our customer ass. We're not guessing. We're not, you know, hoping. We we know that this is what they they've been waiting for. Right. You know what they want and what they're yeah. like. They're like, okay, what 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 do I now? I need a cleanser. I need everything. You know. So, exactly. and I love that. It is great that you surveyed the market because I feel a lot of people don't do that when they start their brands. You know, you you not only allowed your lab to do it, but you did your own survey supplying samples having people trying it yeah. so that you can get feedback I think that yeah. was great that's a great idea as well yeah I definitely think that was I think like that getting on the ground I think is really beneficial um especially when it's you're not in that space if you're maybe an esthetician and you're touching faces and products all the time um you know you might take a different path but I think for me that was very helpful um, to get started like on the ground with products with people and like just literally seeing how the products were working for them. So what's been the the most the most exciting part about having your own line? Uh, you know there are a lot of exciting parts. Um, I think having something in the public space, you know, I think a lot of, you know, my past career was as an attorney. And so your accomplishments are, are pretty private if you get a promotion or, you know, what have you. Um, but our line is, it's public, you know, our social media is followed by 40,000 people. So when something big happens, we, you know, launched in Sephora last month, for example, like you have thousands of people supporting you and like cheering you on. And I think that is like, I don't know, that's to me, like the best, the best thing that feeling of support of community surrounding our brand like nothing I think compares to that and I you know had an exciting career beforehand but you know no one no one is there to like 
to like cheer you on from the side in the same way as when when you have um, a brand that's for more people than just you. So I think that's been like the most exciting part is celebrating the good with others. Yeah. Congratulations on Sephora as well. I didn't realize you were in Sephora. Girl. Yeah, we just, yeah. <laughs> we just launched in Sephora um, in September. So it's been an exciting two oh. months. Um, so this is going to be our first holiday season at Sephora. Super excited. Um, yeah, great partners for us. I mean, I think, you know, the Sephora customer is, is like our customer. She and he, they're reading the reviews. They know the ingredients. They know exactly what they want. And so I just think that's a great partner. Also, Sephora is a super, super global brand and our customer base, um, you know, I'm a black Hispanic woman. And so I think our core customer is that, but we very early on realized how global um, our brand appeal was and our story was, and our customer base is very global. We have some other global retailers like Revolve. And so just, you know, it just feels like a great partnership for those reasons. So yeah very excited about it I think it's fitting because I've been in both worlds yeah and what I like what I realized about Sephora is they are really about the education of products and why they work in ingredients and really educating the client on it and so I think this is great for your brand so that you know your clients can be educated on how to properly use it and how to work for their skin and I yeah. love to see that there's more diversity because I felt like while Sephora did have a whole lot of uh, skincare products, a lot of them weren't tailored to women of color or, or and, and they weren't as diverse and they didn't deal with like hy- hyperpigmentation and things of that nature. So You're yeah, right. I, yeah. I it's a good fit for you. So yeah, kudos to you on that one for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely um, agree with you. I feel like I am seeing when I was evaluating our ideal retailer um, paid a lot of attention to like what you know how are they speaking to our community or how are they growing to speak to our community and I do see there there are more brands on the shelves in the skincare space and the hair care space of course you know with Fenty Beauty and et cetera and the makeup space and so um, excited to be a part of that movement because you know we are huge spenders in the beauty space we have unique needs and um, so yeah excited to be part of that conversation and that growth. So what would you say has been the hardest part about starting your brand, you know, over the last, you know, year and a half or two? I mean, that's like, I could go on and on, but that would sound negative. I mean, to be fair, I like launched a brand in a pandemic. So everything has been challenging. Like, (laughs) um, but what's the hardest part? I think sometimes the hardest part, and some of it's mental, but a lot of it is very practical, is that. Um, we're competing with major players. Um, we're competing with either venture backed indie brands or these heritage brands that have huge resources and the opportunity to tell stories in a really rich and like a higher level than us. Although we can always win with authenticity. Um, you know, sometimes you see certain, it could be a photo shoot or, 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 or what have you. And it's, it's just hard to kind of um, support your customer in that way. And so I think that's the hardest thing is saying, how can I speak directly to my customer authentically and effectively, but like, you know, in our lane. And so I think um, at every stage of our business, that's been the biggest challenge. Um, Yeah. But I, you know, we've still been able to connect, find our audience, 
find our find our spot in Sephora and and what have you. So um, so yeah, I think our customer savvy and um, is drawn to you know authenticity and to products that work. And so we have that going for us. But that's always I think a challenge as a as a smaller business, as a self funded business, as an emerging brand. What do you think makes your brand stand out from the rest? Um, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, it goes back to the realness. I think um, people, you can, we can all, anyone can have a marketing campaign on, on real, on real skin, on like including some brown faces, but authenticity is felt. And um, I think I can tell from the engagement that I get from my community that it's truly felt by them. Um, results speak for themselves and um, really proud to have products that render true results. And I know um, from the way customers speak about us publicly and the way editors speak about us publicly that that's a big draw for us. Um, yeah, and I also think it's just a fun, it's like a fun brand. Um, and as someone that's always had acne prone skin, all the products that were for my skin type were not fun. You know, I had proactive and, you know, and all the, my skincare cabinet was not fun. It was not poppy. Um, and so we really try to keep it light and real because we realize that, you know, customers want results, but they still want like a brand that speaks to who they are. And so I think that, that we do that really well. We have fun with it, but we kind of keep their multiple, multiple needs in mind. So yeah, fun and real, like <laughs> fun, it. real, and, fun it works. and real. <laughs> yeah. What do you think is your... What do you think is the biz biggest lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey? The biggest lesson? Oh my God. That is a huge question. I mean, I think I say this a lot. Um, I think my biggest lesson, I don't know if this is my biggest lesson, but it, it is one that I always have to remind myself of is, is to just do, um, do and then perfect. I think that reminder has, I mean, I think if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have even launched Hyper because I would have said, I need five products before I launch Hyper. And I can think of a short list of things that we wouldn't have accomplished if we didn't just do. Um, and so, yeah, I think taking the leap is the biggest part of being an entrepreneur, um, knowing that you can do it and knowing that there's space for you to do it uniquely. Um, so, so yeah, I would say, I don't know if that's the biggest lesson, but it is one that that I always come back to, like, just do it because um, you can't, you can't win at it if you didn't do it. <laughs> you know, you can't succeed. It can't be elegant. It can't be winning. It's like, if you don't do it. So um, yeah, I think that's some good advice for sure. For, you know, that's a good lesson. Just yeah. do it because a lot of times that's the biggest problem is we don't take action because we allow exactly. fear or all of this. Like, it has to be perfect. It has to be this. It has to be that. And then it'll never get out there. But sometimes you just do it. Just put it out do there, it. right? Do it. Yeah. And you'll perfect it and and you'll find out how to better it. Um, and sometimes you'll like see what you put out and like cover your face because, oh my God, I can't believe that was the first iteration of my, my idea. Um, but but yeah, you know, I, I, that has just been, I'm always happy that I've done things when I've done them. So. You definitely made some shifts in your uh, career path and you have this brand now that you're building and everything. Um, what do you see 
the next five years for you and your business? Oh, um, that's big. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely in the next five years want Hyper City known as like a modern clinical brand with like heavy hitting solutions to key concerns. Um, you know, clearly we're going to lean into hyperpigmentation, but the list of concerns go far beyond that. And I'm excited to speak to those and to be a brand. Um, that people see as a go-to, that people know, you know, is worthwhile to try, that know works. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to like, to speak to various concerns. Um, you know, we just launched with Sephora two months ago, but really, you know, excited to be accessible, you know, on the shelves of your local Sephora and et cetera. Um, I think accessibility is like the key to being a household name if you run into a brand enough. And so, um, definitely really excited about that. Um, excited to grow our team. Um, <laughs> this is like a, just a few people making it all happen every day. And so really excited to grow um, the hyper team. Um, so yeah, those are some of the top things that, that I certainly see for us in the next five years. How do you stay motivated? Um, how do I stay motivated? Um, so, I mean, I think it goes back and I kind of said this before about having a win and it being celebrated widely. I think that motivates me, um, you know, um, wanting to bring another product to market. Like I'm excited about that personally, just motivated personally for that. But when I think of like how, how excited my community will be for it, I'm like, that's exactly why I, um, need to make this happen and do X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, I'm motivated by a bigger vision. And then I think on a day-to-day, just having that community backing is, is a big push for sure. So tell everybody how they can find HyperSkin and all the Yeah, Yeah, so Hyper is available on our website, hyperskin.com. Um, and then we're on Sephora as well, sephora.com. We're on sephora.com. Um, and then, you know, we love, we love social media. So you can find us on Instagram at HyperSkin. everybody make sure you connect with her and check out her awesome products as always stay great and we are out bye thanks for tuning in to the podcast today make sure you subscribe check us out on apple Podcasts and leave a review i want to hear from you email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com you can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.